This episode of the Shooter's Touch is brought to you by Forged Athletics, your go-to spot for sports-specific trainers and athletes to get connected. Visit Forged Athletics at goforgedathletics.com and start improving your skills today. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooter's Touch podcast as we continue to try to grow the game of basketball here in the state of Iowa, one story at a time. And we have another fun story for you today. We bring on Brandon Sharp. He's the head boys basketball coach over at Grinnell High School. If that name sounds familiar, in conjunction with Grinnell High School, it's because it's also his alma mater. And he had an opportunity to work his way back through the coaching ranks and and find himself as the head coach of the program in which he loved so much growing up. So it's a really cool story. It's neat to see um, the the memories that him and his dad shared on, on the bench and on the court. Um, and just his continued growth as a coach and how he's going to continue to to foster this program and impact the kids, not only in the community, but in his program. And so this one's fun. We hope you enjoy it. If you can either retweet or drop a five star, tell a friend, any of those things will help us go a long ways. And as always, shoot or shoot. I was getting I'm getting a lot of no letters. And I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do, but my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Well, as mentioned, Shooters, here he is, Coach Brandon Sharp. Coach, welcome to the Shooters Touch. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, trick-or-treat, well, Halloween. Some of us had uh, trick-or-treating last night, but it sounds like you guys just got done. How, how are things at the house? Tell us, what's the, what's the family dynamic? You got a couple kids running around, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, we got, uh, we got three kids. Um, we got a Tate, our oldest, is in second grade, and then we've got twins that are in first grade, Paige and Jackson. Um, so we had the we had the full uh, full fledged Halloween costumes and makeup, and it was uh, it was an ordeal, that's for sure. The experience, yes. Yep. <laughs> it's all it's always fun. It's fun to see the other costumes too. Uh, you guys, uh, fortunate in a neighborhood where you just got to have a lot of kids out and about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we live in a our, our community is kind of a or I guess our neck of the woods is kind of a um, younger families and stuff like that. So we all got out and got to see everybody and and everything. My sisters came with their with their kids and stuff, and the whole the whole sharp clan all just, all just <laughs> walked around the block. So <laughs> that's good. That is good. Yeah, we um, you know, always always fun to see that. And uh, you know, it wasn't. I feel like it's uh, it's pretty good weather this year for uh for the trick-or-treats so yeah. can't beat that can't beat that need a little bit colder to uh to maybe start thinking about basketball season but we'll take this now we'll take yeah this. absolutely um well hey coach uh as we do here on the shooters touch let's go all the way back um where'd you grow up um you know how was how was neighborhood games and, you know athletics and stuff like that um and then you know going through elementary you know what was the athletics um what were the athletics like in your your household and your life yeah, uh, I guess going all the way back for me, um, grew up in Grinnell, Iowa, um, right where I am right now. Graduated from here in 07. Um, Athletics-wise, I was I'm a coach's kid. Um, my dad was the dad was the head coach here for. Oh man, I'll say it wrong if I if I even put a number on it. Um, but he just stepped he just uh, stepped down what three years ago now, um, and since everything since I've been back. Um, but yeah, I coached his kid. He was also he coached uh, at Grinnell College for some football um, back in the day and stuff. And uh, so I got to be around coaching my entire my entire life. Uh, if it was on the sidelines or if it was uh, of a football field or on the on the sidelines of the court and stuff. So 
Um, just kind of grew up there. My mom was also spent a couple years at Grinnell College as a softball coach there. Um, so it's just, it's, it's kind of just in the blood right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, a lot, of, I feel like a lot of coaches, uh, a lot of coaches do come from a coaching, I guess, bloodline, if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, how, how do you think that, uh, how do you think that helped you as a player, as a young player, um, you know, improve on your skills or, or, you know, have, have skills in general? Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, to be a coach's kid is a, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll tell you that. Um, uh, it's a, it's a blessing because you get to be around uh, the older kids all the time and get to be around, around the team. Um, and the curse is that um, there's a whole lot more expected from you. And uh, every once in a while, some others might think things are being handed to you. So <laughs> right. um, that's the, that's the, the big part, but, yeah, I'd agree with you that uh, if you're a coach's kid, you're around it a whole lot, and uh, you get to you get to pick parts and, and kind of see behind the scenes um, of what others don't get to see. Uh, if it's the amount of hours that you put in that that I watched my dad put in or whoever it may be, um, but yeah, it was it, it, I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm the same way. You know, I was coach kid. My dad coached coached girls basketball for years and years in Ackley. Um, yeah. And, you know, if nothing else, having a, if we're talking specifically about basketball, you know, having a ball in your hand a lot more than, you know, the typical youngster, um, you know, all one or two times, you know, when, when, you, when the coach is talking, you're not supposed to dribble the basketball. Um, and every once in a while you actually hear what they're saying, you know, as opposed to, uh, well, what I would do is trying to, uh, you know, trying to shoot layups without having the ball dribble on the, on the floor or drop, drop on the floor after that. But, you know, you, you you hear that stuff you know there has to be something that you know sinks in a little bit from being in the gym like that too yeah absolutely no that's a that's a my my dad never pushed me um i actually wrestled uh, when i was when i was real young i wrestled all the way up until fourth grade wow my mom's side is all wrestlers and stuff uh college wrestlers and stuff like that and uh it wasn't until fourth grade that i actually started um playing like competitive basketball and, and stuff. I'd go to camps and stuff like that. But as soon as that ball got into my hand, it was it was love at first sight, man. It was it was a whole lot of fun then. Well, we love hearing that. We definitely love hearing that. Um, what about other sports? Uh, you know, obviously with with the with the hoops and wrestling you mentioned, um, elementary school, middle school. Um, you know, coming from a, a smaller community you know, as as we did. Um, you know, I think uh, obviously playing a lot more sports is is number one needed, you know, to have, to have teams and stuff like that, you know, however, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like, uh, it's like, like bigger cities where, Hey, you need to specialize in this, specialize in that. So what other sports did you play outside those two? Yeah. Um, so once I got into, yeah, I stopped wrestling after fourth grade. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'll, I'd much rather be in the gym and, and bounce the ball and stuff. Um, but come fall, I played, I mean, I played football, basketball, um, ran track and then played baseball too. Um, and I did all that through four years of four years of high school. And I mean, talk about elementary. That's what I did. I did all that during the time um, of, yeah. of growing up um, track wise. I mean, I went to we had that little I don't know if you guys remember the little youth like junior Olympics um, mm -hmm. that they stuff we ran. I mean, we were in track all that from like third grade on up and everything. So um, went and played a lot of baseball in the summer and um, that's what uh, I I'm, I'm excited. My kids just got into that stuff last year, last summer. Um, and I'm excited to, to continue with them on that stuff because it's a, it's a lot of fun just to, just to see, I want to put my kids in the most competitive spots of constantly doing things, not just specializing in, in one certain thing or a couple certain things. If yeah. you just want that competitiveness to, to drive them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we'll get into your coaching, um, here in a couple of minutes, but, uh, you know, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but what are your thoughts on, um, or have you had to, uh, as a coach, had to have conversations, you know, with, with kids or athletes about specialization? Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? Um, and then maybe follow-up question would be, you know, have you, have you had to deal with that and how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to see kids specialize, um, at, at all. I, I, my, uh, my story, I got to, my senior year of college um, got injured and stuff and was the, did a student, student assistant spot and stuff. Um, and uh, went, went on the road recruiting and stuff. And that was the biggest thing that they talked about was 
like talk to these kids about getting out and doing other sports and stuff. And I want to see kids be, I, I want to see kids put, be put in competitive pressured situations all year round. Um, I think that's where, that's where you're going to see the most growth from kids um, is if they're in competitive spots constantly um, and not necessarily in the exact same, like you can play. Yes. Yeah, so you can play, you can play club ball um, almost all year round now mm-hmm. and stuff. And, but it, is that the, is that the competitive standpoint of, you're standing at the at home plate with two strikes in the bottom of the seventh, and you got to get somebody across the across the the home plate. Like that's a different type of pressure. You're all there. You're right there by yourself. Um, same thing with with track. Like it's you versus that person that next to you. And last week they might have kicked your tail and stuff, but it's it's finding that that personal drive and everything. Um, and that's where I think the the kids kids that do tend to specialize do kind of uh, lose out on some of those some of those competition of um, I guess the drive, I suppose. Yeah. And I think we, we agree with you there. You know, we, um, I just coming from small towns, uh, we were the same way, you know, played multiple sports and, you know, think there's definitely, you know, outside of what you mentioned, you know, definite, uh, there's sure benefits of, of, you know, not even, um, not even the competitiveness, but, you know, the muscles used, you know, the hand-eye coordination of hitting a baseball compared to, you know, shooting a basketball, catching a basketball, you know, there are definite benefits there. Um, how would you, um, you know, if, I mean, uh, an athlete came to you and said, hey, coach, you know, I want to play AAU. We play 60 games a summer. Um, you know, I can't play baseball. They don't want me to play track. Um, and they don't want me to, to play football so I don't get hurt. Um, how, how would you handle that as a coach? Yeah, we've had a couple of those. Um, for, for me, it's I want, I want what's best for the kid. Um, if that's the, if that, the, the case is that, Hey, they, they could potentially play at a very high level. Um, then you know what, if that's what it's going to take for them to reach that, then, then I can be supportive to it and, and stuff there. Um, but other than that, it, the conversation that we kind of have was just, just what I was talking about that, uh, from my experience in the coaching realm of seeing kids, seeing kids be put in different, different pressure situations, um, has benefited them uh, here in Grinnell last uh, last couple of years. We just had a couple of kids go out for football that uh, that never played football before. Um, but it was amazing to see last winter when the, they just had one season as a as a junior um, and then uh, came out that that winter and stuff. And he was 10,000 times more confident. He was 10,000 times stronger, um, could could fit with his body and stuff and um, He's he's gonna be a he's gonna be a heck of a player this year for us too, and that's what just being active and, and stuff being put in those different positions um, really really helped them and stuff. So that's what we've kind of talked about with those guys is you can go and play sixty games in the summer and stuff club wise, or not play baseball. And, and but if if you're not taking advantage of the opportunities, like we open the gym up five days a week, um, if you're not taking the the opportunities of those. Um, because you're you're saying you want to play basketball nonstop, um, and you're quitting, say you're dropping baseball or something, like, you, are you real? Are you really taking advantage of it or not? And, and yeah. stuff. There. So, that's the that's the biggest thing, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, obviously, could potentially be a tough conversation. Um, however, you know, as a as a coach, as an you know, an, an outsider, outsider looking in from my angle, you know, as long as you're supportive of 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 that player's decision, you can educate them. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you can and as much as you need to, but um, yeah, in the end, it's their decision. And you know, just just I mean, being 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 there as a supportive adult, you know, is 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 huge, huge, huge for these young kids as well. Absolutely. Yep, I would completely agree. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, how about this? How about uh, high school high high school playing days? Um, how about some mentors? I mean, obviously, you know, your dad. I'm assuming he was he was your head coach. Yes. Um, Yep. What about out, outside of family members? You know, who were some mentors that you, you um, in high school either looked up to um, or learned a lot from? Yeah. Um, so outside of my dad, um, that he and he didn't coach me in anything, um, anything growing up as youth stuff. Um, he did a couple baseball summers and stuff like that. Um, but I did not coach. He did not coach me in basketball all the way up until I was a freshman and in, in playing varsity there. Um, so I got to, there's, there's some dads in the community that got us going and stuff, but, um, 
kind of some just I and I don't know if you can call, really call them their mentors, but they're they're when you're little, you're just sitting there watching them um, and stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, Nick Wilkins was a great shooter from here. Um, Jeff Clement, um, his names are in the his names are in the history books with uh, him being at Grinnell College and stuff and literally watching them watching a game and he is only playing on one half the floor can just on offense and they get the rebound and throw it down to him to have a shoot of three and stuff like that. Um, but I think that when I think back to like the, the guys that I learned the most from um, what was a group from Pella um, and they were, it was the fab five from, for them uh, and, and stuff. I don't know if you guys, you guys remember them. They won, I think it was two state titles um, back-to-back years uh, with Caleb, Caleb Corver. Uh, yeah. um, who else was it? Uh, Bryce, Hib- Bryce Hibma or Pierce Hibma. Pierce Hibma. Yeah, Pierce. Yeah, um, Pierce. And, and then uh, there's uh, oh, there Billy Fox was the point guard. But there's, there's a group of them that I just remember sitting there watching dad's team play them um, and just being like, man, this is like – just an outsider looking at them was, was a whole lot of fun and to, to just be able to watch them and learn um, as a, as a player. Um, I mean, coach Larson at Norwalk, um, Chris Larson there. Uh, I know he resigned, he's retired and stuff now. Um, but he's one dude that when I was in high school, um, loved playing against his teams because it was always competitive. And he, um, I admired, I admired him from, uh, from afar too. Um, and, and then more when, when I got to be, Older in high school, him and I started up a, a friendship, I suppose. And I uh, remember there's me talking crap in the middle of the game. And then all of a sudden he yells at me, Sharp, you're better than that, or, and stuff like that. <laughs> like, there's stuff like that, that uh, from a mentor standpoint. But um, I think going through, like going through my college college coaches of uh, Rocky Lamar, um, that from, from Mid America. And um, I don't know if you guys, Bill Fleming. He's an old, he's an old, I uh, passed away a handful of years ago, but he was at McQuokita, um as the head coach there and stuff. And uh, then was the assistant at Mid-America and everything. But those guys, those guys played a lot into uh, mentoring me and stuff. And then I got to play with, play for uh, Bruce Wilson and, and Charles Zanders at, at Simpson yep. and stuff too. Yep. Yeah. I had a, had a couple experiences um, with Bruce uh, at Simpson team camp, if nothing else, he had a, actually saw him a couple years ago at a drag game as well but um it's interesting you mentioned that um you know you learned you learned from other players on other teams um mm-hmm. while while you're in high school i don't think a lot of athletes especially high school athletes have the if you want to call, call it wherewithal to to learn something from other teams you know in my opinion it's more so of a you know there are competition you know I don't, I don't care what they do. I don't care what they could teach yeah. me. I, you know, I don't care. Um, that, that they what, from like a fan. Right. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, we play in the little hockey and there's, we've had tons of Bowen born is a great example. Yeah. Like talk to our, talk to one of my point guards that we just graduated uh, last spring. And I was like, dude, you have to like, you got to spend some time just watching his game. Uh-huh. And he's like, ah, oh, like, no, I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, if you spend time watching that and add some things into, into your game that he can do, um, Austin Hilmer was another one that we tried to get him to watch um, of just a, just a straight up point guard who can play. Yeah. And uh, that's the kid, kids just sit back and they watch it. And, and just as a fan, Oh, look at that spectacular player. Like it's not, let's not looking at the fine tuned details of, I mean, Bowen Bourne is one of the best players I've ever seen play on balance for an entire high school basketball game. Everything he did was on balance off of two feet, whatever it be. Um, and we slowly got kids looking at that, but um, it's a challenge. It's for sure a challenge for high school kids to look at it from a learning perspective rather than a, a fan. Yeah. Uh, and I know, so I graduated, I graduated high school the same year as those guys did. So Pierce and Clayton, I, I, I graduated those guys. So I know how long ago that was. Um, <laughs> What uh, was there? One or two things that that you you can remember you learned from watch, watch, watching those guys. So Pierce Pierce was just a relentless competitor. Mm-hmm. So that was that was his motor, um, and he was very calm the the entire game. Um, he was just had this really um, calm demeanor, um, but super super competitive. Um, 
is like a you could tell there was a laser like focus to him throughout the entire time. Um, the other thing, like I I was I played AAU and stuff with with the Corvert with uh, oh Clark Clark the cousin and then Caleb Caleb was in my class um, and we played AAU together so I uh, got to know them and stuff and and just seeing those guys seeing those guys go through um, and, and get to be around Pierce and stuff like I looked up to Pierce quite a bit uh, and stuff and he was I mean he was a he was a lot better player than I ever turned out to be um good size really good athlete and everything but uh um that was that was just watching them lead a team um was was a really big thing nick Mulder was another one on that team that was just like his poise the the poise that those guys played played with was was impressive yeah and i mean you know i i thought the exact same thing i mean playing playing against him uh, um a where a u in high school and then when he was at creighton mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean that motor and that he was just so he was so knowledgeable about the game. It seemed like just always knew what to do in certain situations. Never got flustered. Um, so yeah, I mean, just from from you know somebody on 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 the opposite team, the opposite side of the court from him, you know, just noticing that too. I can see how that'd be easy to, um, I guess, easy to come across. You know, when when you're watching him. But uh, well, so um, you know, we obviously talked high school here. Uh, after high school, move on to Mid America, and um, had a. How long did you spend there? I America? spent two years, two years there. Cool. Yeah, two years and then uh, I uh, transferred to Simpson, yeah. Awesome. And so how did you end up at Mid-America? Um, I went to uh, Point Guard Academy. Um, mm-hmm. That was held at Grandview um, by, by good old Coach Bill Fleming um, and everything. And it was going into my – Going into my senior year, we just we just had I had a really good junior year and we had a good good team. Um, our junior year and finished third at state. And um, after that game, I got a couple got a couple messages from them about coming to this camp and um, and I uh, I went everything. I wanted to play college basketball. That was my that was my dream and everything. Um, went to that camp and um, the second day of camp he. Uh, he asked me if I would play one-on-one uh, with somebody, and I said, yeah. And it happened to be Adam Hepker, um, who who was the starting point guard at Mid-America at the time. Um, and I got my tail whipped a lot, <laughs> um, but walked out of there with, with, hey, why don't you come play for us and stuff and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and that just kind of took off. I went down for a visit, um, loved, loved the campus, loved the, loved the community and the culture there. Um, it's like, it was basically point guard. You is, is the way we kind of referred to it. Um, they had, they had all American point guards for the last X amount of years from, from what they were telling me. And then, uh, we broke that streak my sophomore year. <laughs> Neither one of us were any all American point guards. So <laughs> we broke that streak. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it there. It was, I had great teammates. Adam Hebker was one of the reasons why I went down there. Um, him, coach Fleming and, and coach Lamar. Um, I knew I wanted to coach, um, and I figured like I my chances of playing were of any were, were pretty slim and stuff. I thought, um, but to be around great basketball minds, they just won a national title the year before. Um, uh, I guess my senior year, they they won the national title, and when I went down there on my freshman and sophomore year, we we went to the they called the Fab Four because the can't use the NCA stuff, um, but the Fab That's Four, yeah. Um, yeah, we were D, we were NAID two um, my freshman year, and then we made the bump to NAID one, and we were really curious because we were, we didn't have good athletes. I'll be honest with you, like we just got out and ran and just outworked people. Uh, we played we played real fast and stuff, and um, but yeah, each we made it to the final four my or the Fab four my my sophomore year too, uh, at uh, Municipal Auditorium down in Kansas City where the D ones held and stuff. It was pretty Very cool. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a cool experience and everything, and um, I I loved it there. I, was, I did and stuff. I, I ended up transferring. Uh, I've got three sisters, um, and my youngest sister, uh, who, let's see, she would have been in, like, elementary school when I graduated, um, but her and I are really close, and I was really missing not getting to watch her grow up. Um, so I wanted to transfer to, transfer to be closer um, to be able to see her and going from – four hours, four and a half hours away in Olathe, Kansas to an hour away. And Indianola was, 
was was easier for me and stuff there yeah um well i love to ask this question um especially from especially talking to coaches but what was the biggest transition uh when you uh when you made the jump from high school to college oh man there's a couple of them the the shot clock was a big one mm-hmm. um that was a big one in, in high school we had we were we were we had good size and they were football bodies um so we did not play a whole like real real fast um, so the pace was was big for me uh, the other part is I went down there I remember I went down there for um, uh, I'd committed and everything went down there for a summer workout and, and camp and stuff um, to work and was was sent back home and told coach Lamar said don't come back unless you can figure out how to use the backboard um, so then that was that was a stickler like that was a big thing that that they preached and stuff you if you're 15 feet 17 feet and in like you use you find ways to use the backboard and find angles and wow uh, that was I, I spent the rest of the summer um, I could tell you like I could shoot from the corner from barely barely seeing any of the backboard and scrape it in and stuff just because I was like I gotta find a way to get back down <laughs> interesting but, interesting yeah. um yeah I mean obviously uh you know we we like to like tell people and I was coaching you too you know the bank board is your friend yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, that's interesting that they want you to use it all the time. Um, yeah. all right. So, uh, from mid American, you know, you mentioned going down to Indianola, um, and playing, uh, and playing under the legend down there, Bruce Wilson. Yep. Um, what was, uh, what were a couple things you learned from him, you know, as a, as a veteran college basketball player at that time, you know, you played a couple of years and, uh, what were a couple things you remember learning, learning from coach Wilson down there at Simpson? thing thing that that what, what his stories on john stockton um was well, that was a big thing he, like i'd go into his office every day and we'd talk and stuff and and he'd tell me stories all the time and it was great i loved it um basketball junkie i love history and stuff i just ate it up um but just the john stockton like the way he led um when he was at gonzaga um and everything and uh, then obviously when he had a tremendous Hall of Fame career with, with in the NBA and stuff too, um, but those were the big things that that I loved. I loved listening with with Coach Wilson and just telling stories of of whoever it may have been. Like, but John Stockton was was a big one. Obviously being kind of a point guard and stuff too that I just right. hated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we I know I for sure heard heard a couple of those down at Simpson Camp. You know there and. <laughs> August, uh, you know, sitting down that court and sweating while you're sitting there because it's 107 degrees outside and, sure. um, you know, <laughs> in that gym. Uh, however, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've had multiple conversations with Coach Wilson, just a great guy, you know, a, a very, very smart, very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. So, you know, I, obviously that's what you want in a coach. Yep. No, for sure. It was, it was great. Who was on yeah. staff? Who was on staff with Simpson while you were there? So on staff was – um, obviously coach Wilson and then Tyler Irwin was his assistant. And then, and he, he was actually, he was a lead recruiter on me when I was coming out of high school, um, which was one of the main reasons why I transferred to Simpson was because of him. And then all of a sudden he took the assistant job at, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Right. And so then, uh, then actually, uh, coach Charles Zanders, um, was the, his assistant that he hired, uh, from Hoover um, to be the his assistant at Simpson and everything, um, and then that lasted a year. And then they, uh, Coach Wilson, Coach Wilson took off, and Coach Zanders became the the next head coach. And um, on staff then was Brandon Stromer, who I absolutely loved too. That was, oh, he was Stro, like, he was yeah. Cool yeah, he's a whole yeah. lot of fun. We we go shout out to Stro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how did uh, how did those two years go? They were, they were up and down. I had, I had a lot of injuries. Um, I never, never dealt with injuries before. Um, I had a, a messed up knee, uh, played, played one game and then had a messed up knee and was my junior year. Uh, we were playing Grandview, messed up my knee, and then I didn't play again until I shoot. I don't even think I practiced until like the last week of the regular season. And by then it was, I was way out of shape and could not get back and, and stuff. And we had, we had, I had great teammates there too and stuff that, they people people did really well and stepped up into spots and and everything um my senior year i did not play at all uh we were scrimmaging 
Iowa or uh, Iowa Central, and something just didn't feel right, and I ended up having surgery on my groin and was out the rest of the year um, and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's when it just turned into a uh, student assistant and sit there and <laughs> just do a whole bunch of scouting reports and do a little do some do some on-court coaching and stuff like that and work with guys but um man I watched so much coach Xanders hated watching film so so I got in charge of I mean I could probably tell you I don't know if I saw the file or not but Luther was really good and I that was a team that we we're just we couldn't ever figure out so he's like you have three weeks watch everything on Luther and I we still got beat I was like I did a great job there <laughs> Uh, well but it sounded like from the get-go you kind of had this this coaching bug um was something that you kind of knew so that that transition obviously your senior year had to have been a a good experience for you know obviously what would become your career because you were were you you there were obviously an education major as well at the same time yeah yep on education elementary and then uh an emphasis in special ed okay and so then you had an opportunity obviously to coach and like you said, start to break down some film and get some scouting reports. Yeah. And so um, through that year, then what were, what were you thinking? What, what were you thinking or hoping was next? And then ultimately, uh, what did you end up doing after you left Simpson? Yeah, so so the plan was uh, when I transferred, I didn't realize that all my credits weren't going to transfer over. So I had a fifth year. Um, I was doing that super senior stuff. And uh um, but I had it laid up with Coach Wilson already from the start and then Coach Sanders, too, of like, hey, my fifth year, I want to I want to coach and I want to keep learning. Um, can I be a, can I help out of some sort? And that was a that was a two thumbs up right from the start and everything. So that was the plan. Um, and then all of a sudden. So I, I when I transferred to Simpson, I wanted a summer job that um, that I could be my own boss and I could set my own hours so I could work and every work out and everything um, and, and stuff. So I started up my own like basketball academy and uh, sharp skills and stuff is what we called it. And it was, there was a way for me to work with kids and, and help impact their, them and stuff, and then still be able to manage my own schedule. Um, but I was working with a group of, of girls from Newton, Iowa. And uh, one happened to be the, one happened to be the athletic director's daughter. Um, and after a handful of sessions there, um, their head coach resigned, um, assisted their entire staff resigned actually. Um, and I got a text from their AD asking if I had any interest in, in coaching high school, um, that year and stuff. Um, and I thought about it and I, everything, and, um, I jumped at the opportunity to be a head coach right away. Um, and that's, that's, that's the only thing I, I did. Like I, Jump that jump that being the head girls coach in Newton, Iowa, and have with a team that had won like three games in four years or six games in three years or something like that. Um, and just rolled with it. Um, I was I was ready. I, I want to say I, I say I'm I was ready to quote unquote ready to be a head coach and stuff. Um, and really it was just I wanted it so bad that um I wanted I, I wanted the opportunity, I guess, to to prove myself and stuff there. So I jumped at it. Um I wouldn't trade it, but I, I, at the point I was like, I want to go college route. I want to be a, I want to be a college coach um, and, and everything. And my mom gets in my ear about uh, I'm at, sitting in Oski watching my dad play. And I tell her, I was like, Hey, uh, I, I think I kind of want to go like GA route or, or something. And she's like, you have a, you have a degree, you, you have a degree, use it. I was like, all right. And I'd always, I mean, I'd always wanted to, I knew what I wanted to be when I was younger. I wanted to be a, a teacher and, uh, mainly a special ed teacher dealing with behavior um, to, to help kids and stuff. And then uh, coaching, coaching along with that. So I was like, yeah, I better stick, better stick with, with what I had planned and, and everything of what was really driving me. So. And so what year was this then that you took the Newton job? Uh, Newton job would have been, Oh man, I was there for 2011, maybe okay. 2011, 2012. Yep. So you finished, you finished out your fifth year at Simpson and then took that the following or took it probably that. uh, that, 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 Yeah. That's I, I student taught and did that and and coached at the same time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were still doing your student teaching when you took that job. Yep. Were you in the, in district or where did you do your student? I was in Southeast Polk. 
Okay, so you were down yeah. in Southeast Polk driving up to Newton doing practice, huh? Yeah, so I got to I got to stay there. Really nice couple in Newton, older couple, um, probably about the I don't know. They're probably sixty to sixty five ish um, at the time. They had like a they had their home and they had this little room off to the side of their home and it had the little kitchenette and everything. And they're like, Hey, why don't you take this and you can live in Newton and stuff and then just drive to Southeast Polk and do your student teaching and live here. No, you don't have to pay rent or anything. And I was like, all right, one of my, one of the players that I coached um, was going to be a junior on the team. And she lived right next door to those older people and stuff. And we're talking about the situation. They were like, Hey, we got an open room. So I was like, all right, I'm jumping at that free. You can't, can't pass on your poor college student. You can't pass on free rent. No, absolutely not. That's uh, um, but at the same time, quite a lot going on. Obviously the, the pressures and the workload of student teaching is um, more than a, more than a normal teacher. And so you add that and a, a first year head coach, uh, I imagine uh, there were times that you felt uh, a little in over your head. There, there were times for sure. I mean, we didn't. Uh, um, my my mom is a is a principal. Um, all my sisters and I are all teachers and stuff. And so the so that workload was pretty pretty usual to us too and stuff. But for the first time, putting the two of them together was was overwhelming. Um, I had great support from my administration in Newton. Um, the superintendent, uh, really good. Uh, really good family friends of ours and stuff um, that he, he, he and the AD both kind of put an umbrella over me during basketball season and, and stuff of anything that happened, they, it went to them first. So then I could just focus on, on my student teaching also um, and, and everything. And so it was, it was, it was good. I'm glad I, it was a good situation and stuff to, to have a lot of support. Um, and I had great parents too. I really did great parents that, um, they were, they might've, I mean, I heard grumbling that, Hey, we just hired a 22 year old, 22 year old college kid to be the next head coach. And what the heck is this kid going to do? And, and stuff, but they're, they're good after, after they got to just know me and stuff, I'm a, I'm a laid back dude and everything. So it was, it was all good though. No, that's great. Uh, it's draws a lot of comparisons to, to my situation and taking the Madrid girls job straight out of college too. And so, um, being a head coach, being a young head coach, um, it's, it's, uh, it has its challenges and to same, same situation as far as a program that, uh, not a lot of success. And so, um, so with that, that's kind of my next question is, is two things. One, um, what do you, what did you do to first initially come in, um, and try to change that culture? Um, and then two, uh, obviously being on the boys side, playing the boys side, coaching in college, and we're going to get to you now being obviously back on the boys side. What, what's special or unique about being and having able to have an opportunity on the girls side too? Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question that I think anybody who coaches, who's coached girls and boys um, has a kind of a different perspective on it, on it, on everything. Um, girls, girls will, girls will run through a wall if you tell them to, I mean, they, they, they really will. Um, they, they know they like the curls that I got to coach, like they knew they didn't know much as of, as of then um, and stuff. And um, the biggest, I guess, culture part was trying to get kids out. Um, we had 17, when I took over, we had 17 kids out in a 4A school. Um, there's roughly 900 kids there. So and that's full program. That's freshman through senior. That was freshman through senior. They hadn't, they didn't even have a freshman team the year before. Um, so that was our, that was our number one goal. Get the, get, get more numbers out. Um, and this was at a time and it's still, I mean, it's still continuing with girls, girls athletics and girls basketball in particular, but the numbers of participants are declining. And in, in our conference, like we were the only school in, in the seven years that I was there that went from 17 kids to 55 kids. Like we, we're one of the very few schools in the entire state that actually increased our, our participation like crazy and stuff. Um, doesn't know, I can tell you, participation doesn't always equal wins, but, no, but. but you're, you're getting more kids out, you're getting more kids exposed to stuff. And um, what really what it comes down to is you're able to impact more lives and stuff and create more leaders um, with, with more numbers and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was the, the biggest thing was getting numbers out and then creating kids that want to be in the gym to work. Um, we had a, 
we had a player. She was a sophomore um, when I got there. Her name was I'm going to name drop her, but Lizzie Stock. Um, she was this five, I don't know, five foot maybe, um, and just little, just like a, a little pit bull. <laughs> like she was a bull in the china shop, and and but she was a worker. Holy smoke, she she ate up every word that coaches gave her. Um, she like that was that those were the types of kids that we were we were trying to develop and stuff and and and, and everything um but yeah we I was I, the the biggest thing I guess from those first couple years was I always thought watching dad um I always thought that that the culture would just develop itself like hey we're gonna do this xxx we're doing these these down this this bullet points of, of what we want in our program but not being not being conscious of it and and thinking that it's just gonna naturally progress and stuff, um, and that we did that for we did that for three years, um, and that was the third year I was like banging my head against the wall and just like can't do this anymore. So then uh, then it was just went on a I mean that that summer going into my fourth year, um, just basically went on a self exploration. <laughs> for myself and my, my biggest passion is creating leaders and stuff, developing leaders. And so we did, I did dove into every John Maxwell book. You could do John Gordon books. Um, I got, I, I, in high school, I attended PGC, um, PGC basketball as a camper and stuff. Um, but I wanted to fully immerse myself. So I joined, I joined PGC staff, um, and worked, I think I had five, five weeks of camps, um, and my wife was killing me. I had, we had just had, our twins were just born um, and stuff. So we had three kids and she's single mom basically during the summer. Cause I'm off for five weeks during the summer, trying to, trying to throw myself into an environment to help me grow. And then to take that environment and try and duplicate it into, into our program and tweak some things that, that we wanted to. And uh, that was a, that was a big challenge. Um, but we, we, we got it going from a culture standpoint, we got it really going and stuff and, and got kids out. And like I said, we went from like 17 kids to 55, 60 kids and stuff, which was, which was really good. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to get those kids out one and convince them that, Hey, you know, you're going to learn a lot, but you're going to have some fun. You're going to have some success. Like it, it's a, it takes all of those things. Like you uh, winning yeah. always helps, but you still got to have the culture. And so, so how many years did you end up spending at Newton? Um, let's see. I think it was seven. Okay. I think it was seven years. And then I went to, well, I came here, um, but I had a, I had a stop um, right before. So the summer and spring and summer of going before coming here, this will be my fourth year in Grinnell. Um, but I got a, a small stint of one season with the semi-professional women's team, um, the Iowa force um, out of Des Moines and stuff. Um, got to coach, got to coach some women that were, that were, that were real ballers um, playing at Georgetown or, or whatever else division one school and stuff. And that was a whole lot of fun, but then transitioned into, um, into Grinnell and stuff here. So with the with the Grinnell position, was that something that was kind of always in the back of your head? Something that you're like, hey, it'd be really great to get back home, get the family back home, or were you more of a? It feels like it kind of goes one of two ways. Either you're like, ah, no, that's not 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 my thing. That's my dad's thing. I'm gonna stay away from it. Or were you kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll when it comes, I'll be ready. Yeah, that's what I mean. I had a dream of taking over for my dad when um, when I was younger and stuff. Um, there was a point, there was a point where I was just like, you know what? Um, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I need to, like, it's not, a, it wasn't necessarily a desire and stuff. Um, and right after it was probably a year and a half of that, um, and, and stuff. And we had some other, some other job opportunities and stuff to, um, coaching and teaching wise to around the state to, to look at and, and see if we really wanted to do that. And, um, it just came to a point where I was, we, we always came back to church here in Grinnell. I'm not my home church or anything, just a, another one. Um, but uh, Grinnell's changed a lot since when I was in school. And I just was felt like we were getting called to come back and to help impact the community. Um, demographics, socioeconomic stuff has changed here. Um, I just wanted to come back and really help impact the community that gave me so much too. Um, 
And then it just happened to be like, yeah. Um, told dad, I was like, Hey, we're, we're coming, we're moving back here. Um, I, there's a teaching position um, that, that is open that, that I qualify for and I'm going to apply. Um, and so I've got that and it was all right. Use me however I can. Um, when he was, he was still the head coach at that time. Um, and I, him and I had talked and we're like, all right, he's gonna, he's got another four or five years left. And after that first year together, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to peace out. So <laughs> that was a, that was a whirlwind, um, I guess with that. And then we went through the process of, uh, of interviews and everything. And, um, just came out with a, came out with a, on top of, of being the next head coach here. So. Well, that's great. No. So, um, so now you said four years you've been there. Yeah, this is my fourth year. This will be my third year as the third year as the head coach here. So did dad, so did, did dad leave you anything or did what what the cupboards bear when you took over? (laughs) No, we had, we had a, we had a pretty decent, we had some good athletes and stuff. Um, a lot of size, uh, a lot of football players, um, and stuff, but we had some good kids that, that worked hard and bought into stuff. And, um, so right before, right before I got here, they went, Oh, and the first time in Grinnell history that they went over or something like that. Um, they had a, they had some transferred outs and stuff and they were having to play freshmen um, and basically started three freshmen and a sophomore. And then in, in our league in the little Hawkeye, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Or, or unless they're, unless they're Bowen born type or Xavier Foster types. And even when Xavier Foster was a freshman, he didn't, he didn't put up ungodly numbers or anything like that. So, um, yeah, they took their lumps and then we, we just kind of progressed with that group and stuff for my, for my first two years. Um, so, so the year before you got there, before you were on staff at all, they went over and then, yeah. uh, and then your first year helping out with your dad, how, what was that like? Well, what, what was the experience? Um, obviously playing for your dad, but now we have an opportunity to sit on the bench and butt heads a little bit and share ideas and philosophies. What, what was that season like for you? It was, it was a lot of fun um, of just getting to, just getting to work with him um, and everything. And uh, one of his other assistants, uh, Mike Baker, um, was the girls coach when I was in school. Um, and then his dad was dad's, dad's assistant. Um, and so it's, so it's this, it's, it's me at 30, 29 years old and two guys who are late fifties, early sixties and uh, have, have, two different thoughts of how the game can be played and stuff. And it was, it, you talk about headbutting. Um, yeah, it was, there's some headbutting and stuff. It kind of reminded me of when my freshman year um, playing for him that we'd be good. And all of a sudden we'd take, we'd something in practice would happen. We'd go at each other and then we'd carry it home. And my mom would be the referee at home and laid down the law of, Hey, when you're at home, you're, you are dad and son, not player and coach. Yeah, okay. So we had, we had some of those that reminded me a lot of that, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, it was a lot of fun to, to be around him again. To, uh, I got to see his, see and help with his 300th win. Um, cool. So that was, that was fun to just be around and, and to watch him. I don't want to say right off into the sunset because that's not, that's not my dad at all, but yeah. um, of just, just seeing everything that he's done uh, for the community and stuff was a lot of fun. So then once you, uh, once you get to uh, move up a few chairs and take that head position, then what, uh, what are you kind of thinking um, obviously you've had, a, you've had your own program before, so you kind of, there's the learning curve is a lot smaller, I guess, but what were some of the things that you were like, okay, um, you know, love my dad. And I, I believe in a lot of things he's going to do, but here are a few things I'm going to change here. in the, the first day one, maybe week, week one. So we, uh, one was, one was, we were going to, we we're going to try and play fast, faster than what, what they had typically played, um, personnel played into that and the willingness of that personnel played into it of um, I can tell you, you don't, when you have uh, some offensive tackles, they don't want to run up and down the floor all that hard consistently. Um, So that was one where we, for these last two years, we've had to kind of slow it down because we were, we were bigger um, and everything, but we'll get out this year and it'll be, it should be fun. Um, The other part was, the other part was just going from a, um, old school, old school thought process of grind stuff out, have control of it the entire time and not giving any of it, any control to your players and stuff there. Um, those were, those are big. Um, the biggest, the biggest change for me though, was from the culture standpoint of getting the girls to buy into stuff was 
super, super easy. Okay? But getting the guys to buy into that same type of culture was very, very difficult. Um, and it, I will be honest, I don't think it's a fully, it's a fully done deal with anything. We have a great group of seniors that, um, that I actually coached when they were freshmen because um, that's what that's what position was open for my dad and stuff. So I took the freshmen and then coached freshmen plus doing went to their varsity practices and coached them too. But um, so th those guys are bought into what we do and how we do what we do, um, and that's a that's a big part. So I feel like we've got the I feel like the culture part's going in the right direction now of of everything. But um, it, was, yeah. it was a little rough. Uh, yeah, I think I think you said it, it takes a few it takes a few years because you have to get those seniors up there because those are the guys that ultimately kind of lead the, lead the, lead the culture within the program. Because, um, you know, like you said, with the girls, you got to teach a lot of the little stuff because, you know, they don't watch the game. They don't absorb the game like yeah. the boys do. Um, and so you got to teach a lot more, but it also creates more buy-in where the boys, they, they see it all on TV coach. We don't, we don't need to listen to that. I already know what yeah. I'm doing. And so that's where uh, it, it creates its own challenges. And like you said, you get a few good ones in there um, and it starts making things a little bit easier. And so, so with that, then what, what, what are you excited about this year? And, and, and what are you guys kind of looking forward to um, going into now your fourth season? Yeah, I think now is the, is just want to see what, uh, want to see what these guys can, I guess, do with a full season. Um, a lot of the guys that we returned in it, uh, didn't uh, contribute a whole lot um, to to the, the I guess didn't have a major role on last year's teams and stuff because we were pretty senior heavy, um, but uh, we'll see what they can do and everything and they're they've worked hard and bought in and stuff. I'm curious to see what our senior class does and how they lead um, because they're they're a really good group with fun kids to be around. Um, probably one of the more fun groups that I've ever been around. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do and just how they take that. Uh, their kid, their kid spirit energy and just carry that into the, into the gym for a, for a full season. Cause I mean, I, I don't know how, I mean, COVID hit everybody last year, but we had, we had 22 practices last year and that was it for an entire season. I mean, we, we got, we had our virtual that shut down that we went to virtual learning that shut us down for two and a half weeks. And we had right after Christmas break, we play one of the best games we have in a long time. And play uh then all of a sudden it's we get uh we get shut down for another two weeks because we have a bunch of kids test positive and it was it was an ordeal when we played in the sub state sub state championship game to against Pella to go to state we we're just sitting there and uh, I'm good friends with with Derek Schulte there and my brother-in-law was actually his assistant and stuff and talked to them and they're like oh yeah we've had we've had 40 45 practices and we're sitting here like look at my assistant I was like we just had practice 22 yesterday. <laughs> so it, like, I'm, I'm excited for a full season. Uh, I'm excited for the kids to get to play in front of their, in front of their friends and, and family and everything to be for kids to experience that again um, and, and stuff. So, yeah, that makes a big difference. I think we're all ready from this side, fan side of it too. Um, yeah. Coach player, everyone's ready for a little more normalcy. And so, um, well, with that, so it, we moved through, like I said, it takes a little bit to build this program, but um, in another another three to four years, um, what is it that uh, when we think Grinnell men's basketball, what, what are we going to think? What do, you, what do you want your program uh, specifically to be known for? Yeah, I think, I think what I – one, I, I, I want people to come out thinking that Grinnell can – Grinnell's developing quality leaders for our communities and for our, our world in itself um, and, and everything. And two, from a, from, I guess from a basketball standpoint, I people are going to realize that Grinnell kids come with a, with a hard hat and lunch pail and just put their head down and go to work. And blue-collar blue kids and just, just work hard nonstop, compete nonstop. Um, no matter what, no matter if it's what the, what the outcome of the game or how bad or how good it is for us, um, that, that work ethic doesn't stop and that determination doesn't stop. Um, from a playing standpoint, um, I mean, we, we do some things that are semi-unorthodox and, and stuff that we kind of want to hang our hat on of if it's an offensive stuff or defensive, um, but just, <clears throat> just getting those to teams to realize like, oh man, it's, we got to see what they're doing. It's different every, it's different than what, what other people do and stuff. So that'll be the, 
from an ex's nose on the floor stuff. That'd be that'd be one. Well, awesome, man. You know, it's uh, with with any high school basketball, you know, you kind of gotta, um, you know, you gotta play with with the with you know the players that you get, right? So, um, you know, having that having that culture that, you know, it it comes on a year to year basis. Like this is what we're gonna do. You know, I think will will help um, help help what your team is known for, and you know those X and those things that you mentioned. So, yeah, we're just excited to have have hoops back and. You know, it's obviously that situation with you guys practicing 22, 22 times last year. Uh, this year will be better than that. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, assuming we, should have, we should have, we should have about 20 practices before Christmas break this year. So <laughs> it'll all be good. That's just crazy to think about. That's crazy. Um, well, hey coach, we, uh, we like to end our episodes with, with a little section we call rapid fire. Brian, we'll hit you with a couple questions. Um, a few about hoops, a few not about hoops, and you just let us know what comes to the top. Sounds good. All right, Coach. Um, first one, always lead with here. What uh, favorite visiting gym or arena you either played or coached in? Um, I mean, I listened to JD say uh, say his and stuff, and College of the Ozarks is is an, a unique place, um, but I. College-wise, I'm going to go Municipal Auditorium um, because of all the history there. Um, and then from a high school standpoint, um, I love playing at Pella. Um, didn't lose a whole lot of games at Pella when I was a player. Uh, won a few as a coach, and it's a really nice rivalry between the two of us. We really don't like each other. Um, so it's a, it's a fun place to play because fans get into it and everything. Good. No, I like that. Those are two good ones. All right. Who's the GOAT? Who's the greatest of all time? Oh, man. It, I think it's got to be – I think it's got to be Michael Jordan, but I, I'm to the point of just Talk like – about that a little bit. Well, I, well I, it, the only thing is the two of them – LeBron and him are just – they're two amazing players. And part of me is just like, why can't why – can't, why do we have to have the argument and why can't, <laughs> why can't we just acknowledge that these two are – heads and shoulders above what above others and, and stuff and they're in their own unique way and stuff but i if i got a pick it'll be mj all right we like it. i was gonna say you're <laughs> you're close to that age bracket where lebron starts to become uh, more of a yeah. more of a force so um yeah, okay so a little bit of a sports nut growing up what's your favorite sports movie uh blue chips Ooh, nice. oh, i really like that one too yeah that's yep. a good one um all right, so we give you the opportunity to be the assistant coach for any head coach in in, in the country who uh, for one year, who are you going to go um, and be an assistant under? So this would be, I don't know if he's a Canadian coach, and he actually, I think he actually took a year off or two years off now, but his name is Dave Love. Okay. Um, that I would, he's won like 17 university championships, which would be, would be like national championships or something equivalent to here. Um, but he's, I've got to see a few things with him and he is, I would love to sit, I would love to sit on his bench or just be a fly on the wall um, for a year and stuff. Just listening to him. He's, he's straight up, give you how it is. Um, but his, his defense is what we try to guys I guess, try and mimic and stuff um, cool. and stuff. So it'd be, it'd be Dave Love. Cool. That's a good one. Um, Best best place to eat in Grinnell when uh, Adam and I get a chance to come over to a game. Where we got to stop before? Uh, it's probably gonna be Polly Eyes. That's the that's the pizza place. Uh, yep. Pizza that, place. Polly Eyes is good. That so that kills two birds with one stone because we always talk about pizza on here too. But uh, ah, there, there we yeah. go. Got them both. So I love it. I mean, we got we have like five Casey's in town. So if you like Casey's pizza, you can get one from one from the five gas stations here yeah. in town. But hit, hit that up too. You can't go wrong there. I'm all right with that. Um, what does it mean to you if uh, someone has the shooter's touch? I think it's just a mentality. Shooter's touch is a mentality of um, having confidence. I think that's what having confidence to let it fly. But um, that shooter's touch, I think, is is also like in the mind. Like that's what it is. I think it's a straight mind, um, just a mentality. We I had this conversation with my daughter tonight. It's a it's a good shot. Um, 
before it's a good or a bad shot before it goes in you know it's it's oh absolutely yeah whether or not we you know the result doesn't determine what how the quality of the shot so i've seen a lot of bad shots get made (laughs) yep exactly it's like hey i mean doesn't make it a good one just because it went in yeah nice job but next time let's not take that shot All right, coach. The last one, we'll get you out of here. Um, what's the best thing about having the opportunity to be back at your alma mater, being able to be the head coach uh, of the boys program at Grinnell? The The best part is um, getting of, of coaching kids that you've been in their shoes um, and know of the, the great community support that that is of that Grinnell gives um, and just being able to help those guys not make the dumb mistakes that, that we did in, in high school and stuff um, and see them grow to, to great leaders uh, to, to hopefully, hopefully plant a seed to help them come back to Grinnell to give back to the, the youth and the community itself. Um, I think that's the, that's the most special part of being able to be back at your alma mater and stuff is, is the giving back. Well, Coach, we appreciate it. We appreciate you taking some time. Um, we're encouraged and we enjoy hearing your story and, and the impact that you're making on on so many people's lives back there in Grinnell. And so uh, we look forward to continuing to watching the growth and in, in the progress of your program. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed and hoping for more than uh, 22 practices this year. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Every, I appreciate every, guys. Everything Brian said, Coach, we are, um, you know, really excited about the upcoming season and, you know, we'll definitely be following along. So, Best of luck, and uh, it was great to meet you tonight. Thanks for your time. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.